opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And welcome to Main Menu for the 5th of January, 2018. This is your co-host, Jason Castingway. In honor of Louis Braille and due to some questions asked by a listener, we are talking Braille screen input on iOS this week. Allison Hartley joins Janine and me as we talk tips, technique, and any other things that come to mind as we overview the process. Some resources will be provided at the end for additional information. After that, Allison continues with us as we talk what Santa brought us for Christmas. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. This is Janine Stanley, and today I have two very special people talking with me. Hello, Jason Castingway. Hello, Janine. And Allison Hartley is back with us. Hi, Allison. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be back. This show was spawned by one of our listeners. One of you out there suggested that we do a show on a topic that is near and dear to many of us who use it, or many of those who use it. I'm not one of them, actually. (laughs) Um, Braille screen input on your iOS devices. So let's talk a little bit about Braille screen input. When did it first start and how did you both first start using it? We will start with uh, Allison. Let's see. Braille screen input, I believe, was it Jason? iOS 9 or 8? I'm thinking 9. I think it was 9. Okay. And basically what Braille screen input allows you to do is to hold your phone either horizontally away from you or have it on a table and actually make braille dot patterns on the screen in different edit fields. And I basically started using it when it came out because I had been using an app that kind of allowed you to do that um, called mbraille, which let you write in braille and then copy it um, into different apps. And this was allowing system-wide access to, to braille Um, and let's see, I mean, I guess I've been using it now for almost three or so years. I tend to use it, um, when I'm somewhere where I can't or don't want to dictate or when I'm writing longer passages, I really, I really like it. It lets you uh, go pretty fast. When it first came out though, I think you could only do grade one, right? Jason, it was contracted Braille was really kind of messed up and it didn't work as well. Um, I I think so, although I have to admit, although my story is very similar to yours, I kept on using Embraille for a while because I had gotten used to that, and it wasn't until later that I said, well, it's in the system, why am I doing it like this? And by that time, I believe I was able to do grade two and have it be okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, I struggled for a while going kind of between Embraille and and Braille screen input because of the initial problems with contraction, but now you can do uh, grade two throughout and you can, um, or now we should call it UEB contracted, whatever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll never Uh-oh. get it right. But <laughs> I'm thunderbolt in there. Yeah. 
But yeah, now you can actually lock it so that you can only do grade two or, or grade one, depending on how you want to write. Um, it's, it's really awesome. You can, I can fly with it. Um, especially on the iPhone 10 or the bigger sized phones where you can really kind of spread your fingers out and do the Braille, the Braille, uh, without getting cramped. Has that been your experience, Jason? Yes. Although I'm still, I haven't graduated to the plus devices, but I, I can, I, I know where it would be even nicer on a larger screen for sure. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Now, do you tend to do screen away mode or do you tend to do tabletop mode? I'm not always at a tabletop, so I find myself doing a screen away mode. Um, Me too. I, it's sometimes a little bit tricky to balance the phone while you're going nuts trying to type a message. <laughs> um, I'm usually like putting it on my lap and just sort of angling it slightly so that my thumbs are sort of holding the phone and my um, second, third, and fourth fingers are, are doing the braille. Um, and I too have found that I can fly pretty well that way. Yeah, I tend to hold it where my my thumbs are on uh, what would be the the top part of the phone, which actually for me then would be the left side of the phone because you're holding it in landscape mode. Mm-hmm. And then my pinkies are on the bottom, kind of holding it that way. And then I'm able ah. to use to use my my uh, second, third, and fourth finger to to write in braille. I never got the hang of tabletop mode. I don't know if if I just didn't give it enough of a chance because I found that screen away mode was working for me or what. But I just I've never gotten the hang of it, so I've not really I've not really spent a lot of time with it. I haven't so we, either. So we um, we've heard a little bit about braille screen input and what you guys how you guys actually physically use it, but how do we get started with it? Say I want to try it. It sounds intriguing and maybe I'll give it another try. How do I, how do I get this set up on my iPhone? Well, you enable it in your rotor um, settings in accessibility settings, voiceover, and you go to your rotor options. And it's one of the things that you can toggle on and off. And I found that, uh, dragging it to the end position in the rotor keeps it in a reliable place so that, you know how usually your rotor is like words or characters, uh, you can just flip one more back and, oh, there's my Braille input. Uh-huh. Yeah, I found that as well. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll encounter like misspelled words or something first, yes. but, it, but it means that you have less little twisty motions to do before you get into Braille screen input. Alrighty, so I have this enabled in my rotor. How do I get started? Do I just put my fingers on the screen and uh, find a comfortable position? Do I have to calibrate it? So there are two schools of thought on that. Some say that you need to calibrate, and I I did find in earlier versions of iOS that that was more necessary. But when I got my iPhone 10, all I did was um, went and uh, locked it in uh, in screen away mode, and I was braille in a way i um i don't find that i'm actually able to really calibrate very easily now in ios 11 it just try you know because the way to calibrate is you do dots one two three and you do dots four five six and then it it used to say dots calibrated but yeah. now yeah but now it, it just brails a bunch of l's if i try to do that so <laughs> yes. so i just find that i'm able to to put my fingers in a comfortable position and then of course your uh, left pointer is uh 
is dot one, left index is dot two, uh, left ring finger is dot three, and then right pointer is dot four, uh, right middle is dot five, and right uh, middle finger is, I mean, right ring finger, excuse me, is dot, is dot six. You can switch it around, I believe it's in Braille settings. Um, so that it, if you're more used to the shapes of the Braille letters rather than the, con, the figure configurations, um, you can set it uh, so that it's opposite, so that you'd be starting dot one with your with your ring finger. But I never found that I really needed to do that. I tr- actually tried it that way, and I found that I was more confused because mm-hmm. I find that I'm more about the finger configurations rather than the shapes. Yeah, same here. Now, there is a way, if you are not sure where the dots are, if you really want to explore the screen, if you hold a finger down while in any of the modes and just hold it down until it it makes some beeping noises and then I think announces that it's in explore mode, you can actually find out exactly where those dots are on the screen or where it expects your fingers to be. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I had forgotten too until I saw something <laughs> recently. <laughs> That may be one of those accidental, like, I'm thinking, and oh, wait, my fingers are resting on the screen. Oh, wait, it's beeping. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. (laughs) That would be me. Oh, no, I broke it. Now, the only (laughs) thing is, I forget how to exit that mode, though. It might be something really simple. I can't remember either. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking for some reason a scrub gesture comes to mind. Probably. That that fixes almost everything. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say scrub it and that'll work. So Allison, you mentioned um, locking your screen in uh, screen away mode. How does one do that? So all you have to do is do a three, if you're holding it in screen away mode, the phone, all you have to do is a three finger swipe to the right and it will say orientation locked. Um, And then if you, I believe a three finger swipe left will unlock it so you can switch it if you want to and then a three finger swipe up or down will cycle you between contracted and uncontracted braille so there's a lot of gestures that will help you when you're doing braille screen input for example when you've finished doing a word you do a one finger swipe right to uh, insert a space Um, if you are wanting to backspace you do a one finger swipe to the left. I believe a two finger swipe to the left will delete an entire word. Mm -hmm. And then a two finger swipe to the right will insert a new line. Oh, wow. Okay. So that sounds like it's, it's pretty easy to keep track of. It is. Wow. Now, can you have it um, as you're typing, just as you would with the keyboard? What is the, the speech echo like at that point? That's extremely customizable for me personally, because occasionally I'll put my fingers down on the screen and will type some gibberish because they're not exactly lined up right. I tend to have it do character echo and word echo. And also because I'm still learning UEB mm-hmm. and sometimes I make some pretty hysterical mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I make uh, some just trying to read it. So I know, right? <laughs> Poor children. That's all I can say. Oh my gosh! Well, you yeah, know, they get to learn. They get to learn like free of all of our old habits, I guess. Or all- that's true. That's true. We're all very biased, but <laughs> but yeah. So I I tend to have it echo characters and words. I find that that helps me uh, to braille as quickly as I possibly can. Wow, I so- do too because I 
feel like there is a little bit of that room for error, and I just want to be sure I'm typing the right stuff. So, gotcha. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to ignore if you're really on a flying streak and you just keep going and going. And yeah, okay, it's echoing, but it, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel as annoying as. No, it doesn't slow me down. Yeah, like sometimes with with on a regular QWERTY keyboard, I I find echo, uh, key echo, a little bit annoying. Oh yeah. But, Oh, yeah, definitely. So you were talking about, and I remember one of the things, I think it was iOS 10, where backspacing became a little problematic, and you ended up with some very strange words that came out of it. Um, Is that still an issue in iOS 11, where if you're typing along and you say backspace, is it going to take out one individual letter of the word uh, so, and then you just have an S or dot uh, 5S, you know, and then you just have SOM. Um, is that how that works? Or are you going to take out the entire word? I have found that it's a lot more reliable in in backspacing letter by letter like it's supposed to. If you're backspacing and you hear the E, then you're like, oh, it expanded the word. I got to backspace more, that kind of thing. So it seems that with each version of iOS that comes out, each major uh, version, there seem to be improvements to Braille screen input. What would you guys say are some of the most significant improvements with iOS 11? For me, I would just say overall reliability, knowing that I can just flip that baby on its side and start brailing away and know that kind of no matter where I put my fingers, I don't have to be quite so on the mark. It just kind of it, it's it's become more Apple and that it and that it just works more often without having to fiddle too much with exactly precisely where your fingers are. And I I'd say, well, I've been saying this the whole show. I, I'm my my experience is the same. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that really surprised me in iOS 11 was the amount of configurability that there seems to be not only with Braille screen input but Braille in general. Do either of you use a Braille display? Sometimes, although honestly, now that we have Braille screen input, I find that I'm using my Braille display less. Obviously, I'm using it when I want to read something. Mm-hmm. But for writing, I most of the, I mean, it's it's cut my use of my actual of my Vario Ultra. I would say more than in half the fact that Braille screen input has now become so reliable. Jason, how about you? I find that in most use cases. I'm not wanting to carry around two devices. So I, I have the Braille display and I've used it, but late, I mean, within the past year or so even, I just, I'm not using it. And having that Braille screen input, as Allison said too, just allows me to get the brailing done, especially in a quiet situation where dictation is not an option. It just works and I'm happy with it. What advice would you guys give? Because you're pretty heavy users of this. There's got to be a little bit of a learning curve. My, my thing with Braille screen input was that I had trouble typing on just a kind of a flat surface with no response. You know, I was used to pushing buttons. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, I said, gee, it would be really cool if they'd put like a haptic in there um, as you're hitting to know, you know, oh, okay, my finger actually hit and I'm not hammering this thing because I remember, you know, on a on an old Braille writer or even on some of the note takers, you tend to hammer those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I sort of love doing it too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So how hard do you actually have to tap for Braille screen input? 
Not hard at all. It's really the same idea as the same kind of pressure as just doing a a single tap or a double tap um, on the screen um, for navigating. It's it's a lighter touch. Um, and I know for me, that was something to get used to, even just using the iPhone in general, was mm-hmm. doing a double tap instead of a double bang. You know? yes. <laughs> so yes. you have to almost, I have to almost think of, okay, I'm kind of really on a cloud. And I just kind of, you know, when I was first learning this, um, it's a very light, very, um, very quick, light, gesture as opposed to as opposed to pushing down there's no real need to press it's just it's just a a tap with with multiple fingers and once you get the hang of it you can go along fly along pretty quickly but it does take some what i what i did um is i would just open a note file um in the notes app and i would just braille the alphabet over and over and over and over again with spaces in between um until i got really used to um the the um the level of pressure that it took to do it successfully and then i would just do certain words and i would almost do it like i used to do when i was learning how to type and using the old you know talking typer <laughs> back in the day in the 90s mm-hmm. <laughs> yes exactly and that's what i was wondering you know i guess practice makes perfect with these things and mm-hmm. you know picking it up and expecting to be able to do it right away that was my disappointment was oh i can't do that oh wait i'm gonna have to actually practice it, it does take some effort now for me having used embraille before helped but it just you know if you if you regardless of whether or not you've used any kind of braille screen input prior it is going to take some time to learn but it's totally worth it once you do it i think wow Yes. And so to be sure to give yourself some slack too, it, it can be, I, I mean, I do it to myself where I keep trying and I'm, I'm getting really frustrated, but I keep doing it and then I get extremely frustrated. So, yeah. <laughs> so just change the focus, you know, do something else for a while, come back to it. You know, don't try to do it all at once. And because, I mean, even when I first got an iPhone, I was used to pushing buttons and the touchscreen alone was like, where, where are my buttons? And yeah. I, I struggled with that a little bit. But Me too. There's an aid that may help people. I believe it's put out by, oh man, I'm forgetting the name of the company. Who's the, who are the people? Is it Smart Dots? or? Um, oh, Speed Dots. Speed yeah. Dots, yes. Yeah, they're screen protector. Yes. The tactile screen protector. Yeah. So, uh, smart, uh, Speed Dots has a screen overlay which has the Braille dots in the position that iOS uses. So you can oh, wow. have that if you're wanting some guidance in uh, brailing on your screen. Oh wow, that's very cool. And I have uh, I've got a couple of their screen protectors. I've had them over the years, and I have their a telephone one for my work phone because that's basically what I use it for. Oh, and cool. it's pretty awesome, actually. It's improved my speed significantly. Those are available from speedbots.com, and we'll put that in the show notes. And that would be a great investment if you really you know are interested in learning and really interested in wanting to do braille screen input that would be fascinating to see actually <laughs> i'm gonna have to look at that one at, at the the upcoming conventions so is there any place that you found and i'm assuming this works wherever you would do any kind of keyboard input but have you ever found a place where braille screen input just doesn't work i don't usually tend to use them in password fields i don't know why i tend to i tend to use the the QWERTY keyboard for that, but I think you can even use it in password fields, right, Jason? I believe so. Like you, if it's a short thing that I have to enter, sometimes I'll just use the keyboard because by the time you get it flipped around and into Braille keyboard, you can feel like you got it typed already. Right. So 
And the only thing that I, the, the limitation that I think that Braille screen input has right now is that, for example, if you're Braille screening along in a, in a text message and then you want to go and locate the send button, there's no way to just activate that button in Braille screen input mode. Oh. You have to go out of Braille screen input mode, locate the send button. So that's something where I think Apple could really stand to improve Braille screen input. Even if there was a gesture which allowed you to hit the default button like send or a back button. So just so that we're all on the same page here, mm -hmm. Braille screen input is used not so much to navigate around the screen, well, not at all to navigate around the screen, in fact, but to actually write text. This is similar, right, to the handwriting function. I don't know if either one of you have used that or played with that a lot. I hadn't because I'm my handwriting is not not so hot, so mm, I neither. never bothered. But yeah, you can use it um, in edit boxes. You can also use it on your home screen to open certain apps. Like I have 10 pages of apps. So what I will often do is just be on page two of my home screen, go into Braille screen input and quickly find the app that I want to open just that way. It makes it a lot easier. And you use a two finger, a two finger swipe right, swipe right will open the app. Oh, and that's exactly, well, not quite exactly, but that is very similar to what it is in uh, the handwriting mode. Yeah. I use handwriting. I do first letter and then next letter and then mm -hmm. go down the list. And for handwriting, it's a two-finger swipe down to go from app to app. And then when you get to the one you want, you double tap it and voila, there you are. Cool. Yeah. In Braille screen input, you do a, a if, let's say it brings up three different apps if you want to swipe between them. It's a one-finger swipe up and down and then a two-finger swipe right to uh, to launch the app. Learned a new trick now. <laughs> That's awesome. So within apps, then it really isn't functional except for to write, you know, in, in uh, edit boxes. That's right? correct. Yeah. Right. And do you guys use it filling out forms? Sometimes. Again, there's the issue of having to navigate between form fields. Mm -hmm. So often I will simply just use the QWERTY keyboard if it's a short amount of text. Now, if I'm doing, you know, a, a longer, like a message to a, to a customer service or something like that, then I will bother, you know, turning it and doing, you know, my paragraphs and Braille and Squirrel screen input. But usually on forums, I'm still using uh, the QWERTY keyboard. Now, I know folks, especially one person who actually works in Apple Retail, who does a lot of her work using Braille screen input oh, wow. so, oh, on cool. the phone. So it is it is extremely, extremely usable in all different kinds of situations. Janine, you're mentioning form fields, though. It reminded me, um, the autofill features have become so useful. I'm not sure when it started, but maybe it's just my picking it up. But that that really helps fill out a lot of those common form fields like name, address, phone, all oh, that kind yes. of stuff so much more nicely. Yeah, it does. Definitely. And let's talk a little bit, Jason, educate everybody on exactly how somebody might set that up so that they can save themselves a little bit of time on the, the autofill. Well, with autofill, I believe it's using information from your own contact card. So if you don't have yourself in your contacts, which is... I don't know, it seems to me a pretty unlikely because I think iOS builds it on its own as you register the device and stuff. You might want to put yourself in there and indicate. I think you just it just has your name and then it's it's smart enough to figure out that's me. I know what I did was in Siri. I you know it was it wanted to 
it wanted to know, you know, who are you? And so way back when I selected my contact. That's um, right. And yep. then now Siri is so much the backbone of all these little autofill things now too. That mm-hmm. then all you have to do is in the form field and um, on the form page, there's usually an autofill contact button in, and then it just, it parses out what you need. It's smart enough to look at the form and parse out what you need and it gets it right. Mm-hmm. And there are buttons up just above the QWERTY keyboard when the QWERTY keyboard is visible that mm-hmm. will indicate the autofill option as well as next and previous buttons to go from one field to another. I, I find that very helpful too. Me too. Now I haven't really played with that a lot, so now I'm going to have to play with it. I usually shun the on-screen keyboard like the plague because <laughs> <laughs> the demise of Flexi, my on-screen typing is just ugh, abysmal. So... um. And I, I understand Flexi is sort of back, sort of. I've tried it a couple times and not been particularly pleased with it. But would it ever be a better option to have, say, the Braille screen input down in the keyboard choices like you have emoji and, and other keyboards? Would that ever be something that would be useful? Or I think once they improve navigation, if they improve the ability to navigate, then yes, I think it would be. I know that Embraille, actually, it's still around and it has a a keyboard now where you can make it the default keyboard. And I have not played with it, but apparently it does solve some of the navigation issues. Oh, interesting. So sometime when I have a spare, you know, a couple of hours to really devote to, uh, <laughs> to checking it out, I, I would like to give it another go. I know Embraille has lots of interesting codes you can use to tell it to do certain things too. It does, and it has different ways that you can navigate and edit your text a little bit more precisely. There's like selection modes and things, and like I said, I just never really took the time, mm. even when I was using it more often, to to delve that deeply into it. Me but, neither. Yeah. But I'd like to give it a try sometime because I, I bought the in-app purchase that lets you do all kinds of things, mainly because I wanted to support the developer because he's a great guy. I've interviewed him on, mm-hmm. on Tech Doctor. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and um, so, but I just haven't, I haven't taken the time that's needed to really, to really learn it that well. So, Embraille is just capital M, B R A I L L E in the App Store. So, you may want to check that out if you're, you want to really adventure into Braille screen input. So, how do you read something? Say I'm writing this long Facebook missive, as I am want to do. How do I review what I've written or, you know, I get interrupted or something and I'm doing this in Braille? How do I, what do I do? I go out, there may be a better way, but I go out of Braille screen input and I use the rotor gestures to mm-hmm. review and then I go back in when I want to continue writing. Me too. Aha. Okay, great. Because I was thinking, gee, um, you know, when I'm doing this with a Bluetooth keyboard, I can just, you know, up arrow, down arrow. Now, of course, the one thing with any on-screen keyboard that you're using is you don't have the interesting dance, which is getting a little bit better that everyone does with Bluetooth keyboards and and iOS devices. Yeah, so. it's part of it's part of what kind of fueled my interest in this and in using Braille screen input more was the fact that I was trying to use 
Bluetooth keyboards more meaningfully and there were so many problems and now it's better. It's great. But now I'm kind of like, I'm so over this. I don't really go back. <laughs> Again, not, I don't want a second device. Exactly. Drag out the keyboard. And now, have you ever had anybody in public say, what are you doing with your phone? Oh yeah. Especially if you have, if you have the screen curtain turned on and you're just like tapping away randomly with multiple fingers on the phone. People are like, do you realize your phone doesn't work, Miss? And I'm like, what do you do? What, 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 you know, you're trying, why are you, why are you hitting your phone? And I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's Braille screen input. I'm, I'm actually using it to type in Braille. And so I use it kind of as an educational opportunity. And then people are like, neat, I didn't realize that you could do that. And so it's a fidget app. You don't have this app. It's I love that. You can make little musical patterns on it and it buzzes. <laughs> that would be kind of awesome. I think I'll try that next time. Yes. <laughs> but for real, it has it has actually sparked some interesting conversations with people who might otherwise have remained pretty ignorant about, you know, the capabilities of blind people. There, you know, there were there was a time where I was taking a train as part of my work commute and I would be at a at a pretty, you know, sketchy area of town using my Braille in the screen input. And I would be talking to folks who, you know, might have just certain opinions about about the capabilities of people with disabilities. And we would get to talking about Braille screen input. It would it would lead to, you know, well I use my phone for everything just like you do. And and it would actually kind of make connections with people where otherwise maybe I wouldn't have. And it literally has to be a hands-on kind of it is. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to just put your hands on that screen and and go for it and make mistakes and realize, okay, so maybe if I move my fingers up just to just to smidge, you know, this will put me in line. And it's really just a, it's a muscle memory type thing. And I think that's probably a really good thing to remember that it is a muscle memory thing, just like if you've got your icons arranged a certain way on the screen and you're mm -hmm. OCD like me and you have to have all of the apps on one page and folders <laughs> <laughs> in the exact right places. In alphabetical order, in, they're in each folder. Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Hats oh, off to Lisa Salinger because she does that. We love oh, Lisa. But, I've yeah. done That's not pretty, but. The end result is nice. That is something where Braille screen input has actually eliminated a lot of the need for that organization for me mm -hmm. because I can just quickly type the name of whatever app I'm looking for and just mm. open it so quickly. It actually would take more time to go to the folder and find mm -hmm. it. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's handwriting is the, the exact same way I do. In fact, that's how I open most of my apps. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll confess. When I remember what the name of the app is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem sometimes. I was going to say, you ever have so many apps and you just, okay, I don't yeah. remember the name of it and <laughs> open that list and you end up just flicking through the list. And so you, and oh, then I've you say, there. where did I get that app? I didn't know that was even still <laughs> working. This in two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's time for the great purge. <laughs> yep. What, kinds of things you looking into your crystal balls do you guys see in the future for apple and braille screen input i really i really hope and i and not that i want to see embryo get sherlocked or anything mm -hmm. but i really hope that they will invent some sort of meaningful way of navigating so that you can just use it all the time as your as your default mm -hmm. keyboard input that would be nice 
And another thing that would be really cool, although I don't know when it would happen, but can you imagine if we actually got tactile feedback on the screen? Oh, oh, that would be be so amazing. That That would be wild. Very, very interesting. And, you know, given the the haptic engines, I'm not sure why that couldn't happen at some level. I would love to see an experiment on it. Me too. See, can that be done? And what is that? What is that like? I was just playing around in the in the Maps app and playing with the feature where you can have it um, kind of illuminate tactily the roads. And that was yeah. really pretty the cool. Tracking. It is Actually, pretty cool. Finally, if somebody would want some resources, is there a list somewhere of all of the Braille screen input codes and Braille screen input commands and things? I would say that you would want to go to the voiceover section of the iPhone manual. That's one place to start. And then also, mm-hmm. I know Anna Dresner addresses it in her oh. iPhone book. I know Shelly addresses it in her mm-hmm. iOS Access for All book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I can't remember the extent to which each of them addresses it. Gosh. I tend to read those books every year in preparation for, for our Tech Doctor interview, but it's been a mm-hmm. while. So I decided to play around a little bit with Braille screen input after our discussion. And a few things that I learned that might help you are hand position. It's really important. (laughs) And it doesn't matter which side the home button is on when you flip the phone into screen away mode or you put it on tabletop mode. It will figure that out eventually. Uh, It might take a little bit to do that, though. So just, you know, kind of keep keep trying and keep that experimental notes file open like Allison mentioned. I decided that screen away mode really would work for me and I figured that I needed to hold the phone a little bit differently. I've got some trouble with my hands as I mentioned and so I was having trouble putting the phone sort of in the palms of my hands and having my fingers come up around it in screen away mode so I decided and hopefully I will coin a name for this because wouldn't it be fun? I am now holding it in what I call hamburger mode. (laughs) And the reason I call it hamburger mode is that I'm holding the phone, sort of balancing it on my palms and holding it like I would hold a hamburger bun. So imagine you've got a big old juicy hamburger and you want to, you know, hold on to it. That's pretty much how I'm holding the phone. I I do tend to stabilize it a little bit with my little fingers on the side that's down toward the bottom that would be facing sort of my lap as I have it in screen away mode, if that makes sense. The one thing that you don't want to do in hamburger mode is cover up the speaker if you're not wearing a headset. Uh, You want to be able to hear your braille screen input. And I was actually able to find a comfortable position where I could arch my fingers enough that it felt like I was actually doing something instead of typing on a flat surface. And I was able to move my left ring finger, which doesn't have a lot of dexterity left in it anymore after an injury. Um, And so I was able to actually move that. The other thing that I did that helped me a lot in Braille screen input was the suggestion that Allison gave to flip the dots around. I discovered in my Brailling that I'm much more oriented toward the shapes of the letters and having them sort of upside down really helped me actually so that the dot one is my left ring finger, the dot four is my right ring finger, 
and and so on. The original position is to have your left index finger be dot one. And for some reason, that was a little too much turning around in my head, especially if I had to type um, numbers and I had to type, you know, four, six, eight and zero, those became just really crazily jumbled in my brain. So it was much easier to flip the dots around. And you do that by going into settings, general, accessibility, voiceover, braille, and then go down to braille screen input. And that to me really, really made a big difference in my ability to feel comfortable with braille screen input. When you are using Braille screen input in tabletop mode, which is still something that I'm not not really all that great at, it's not very comfortable for me, but your hands are gonna be in a different position. And as Allison and Jason noted, you can put one finger on your screen and hold it there. And that will put you in explore mode and you can find out exactly where those dots are, but your fingers are gonna be much more straight. Uh, than they would be, say, in hamburger mode. They're going to be horizontal along the, the phone. You know, you're obviously going to have your phone in landscape mode, and your hands are going to be more parallel with the long sides of the phone, where in screen away mode, they're going to be parallel with the short sides of the phone. That's probably the best way to think of it. So hopefully these tips and the resources that Jason is going to give us next will be helpful for everyone and feeling a little more comfortable with Braille screen input. I'm feeling a lot better about it than I was when we actually did this interview, and I'm kind of excited to have it as a new tool in my toolbox. Remember to be patient with yourself. Now, here are some resources. Jason here, and I just wanted to provide some resources. Uh, Janine did a great job of finding them. And as I was looking at the URLs, I realized that they are quite lengthy. It took me a little while, but my brain kicked into gear and I realized, hey, I could use tiny URL to shorten them. <laughs> what a concept. Anyway, I think you will find these quite helpful. All of them use tinyurl, and they are numbered sequentially. You'll understand what I mean as I explain. This first one is for the official Apple documentation for Braille screen input, and that is at tinyurl.com mm-braille1. That's the numeral one. The second resource is from AppleVis. It's a little dated, but very well written and relevant. That URL is tinyurl.com slash mm-braille, the numeral 2. And the last one we have for now is for the Speed Dots screen protector with braille dot markings. That is at tinyurl.com slash mm-braille 3. So it's Janine here with Jason and Allison. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. And we're talking new stuff, new and fun and interesting things that people might have heard about in the news. And I got one last week. Many of you might have seen the announcement from the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind about their new tactile maps that they are making available. For $19, you get a tactile map kit and you can specify an address or an intersection and they will send you a map, and I believe it's a half-mile radius, I believe. And the map comes in three different 
stages. So you get actually three maps for the price of one. Sell it, Janine. <laughs> it's really cool, though, I have to say. The maps are tactile, so they have a Braille legend and large print. They're also marked so that the Braille lines on the map are dark, and there is large print on each map. And they are very stages of complexity. So your first map has a scale of 200 feet per inch. The second one has a scale of 215 feet per inch. And the third one, it's 250 feet per inch, I believe. Wait a minute. I'm looking at the distance. It's actually half inch because inch, that would be huge. <laughs> it would be a big map. But uh, so it's half inch increments. But these are really nice maps and they're made on a paper that's going to be able to take a little bit of moisture. So it's a coated paper. They're just really, really, I was very impressed. My neighborhood has, we have a new housing development in our village. And so there are lots of new streets. And this uses OpenStreetMaps as its mapping source, so it's really pretty up-to-date, including the new roads that haven't been built yet, but where the connectors are already on the map. <laughs> so, wow. Yes, it, I, was, I was very impressed because I've been to planning, you know, community planning meetings where they've got these diagrams, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Well, now I do. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm going to have to check this out. I've oh, read yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. These are awesome. And and it is called, I believe, the T-Map Project. And it is from their, um, their Tactile Map Lab. The address to look for all of this is www.lighthouse-sf for San Francisco.org. And we will put that in the show notes uh, for everybody. But they, those maps are quite cool. And uh, for $19, not a bad price at all for something like that that you can pick up and refer to, etc. And maybe not useful for all locations due to just sort of the dimensions of the map, but a really, really handy resource to have. So the holidays have come and gone, mostly. Jason, any new fun tech for the holidays? Well, actually, yes. I have saved for quite a while to obtain this thing. And this is for any uh, blind musicians who want access. Uh, we did a demo on this I think about a year and a half ago on Main Menu, and it's called Complete Control, the first letter of each word being a K. Oh, yeah. And it is a keyboard, a, a music keyboard, that you connect to a computer, and Native Instruments is the company who puts this out, and they uh, have been testing with several blind users and have this ability now for you to for blind people to access their plugin interface and and they call it all this whole bundle is called complete control and it is just amazing because not only can you operate your recording setup with the keyboard because it's got buttons for record play pause you know all the kinds of things that you might want to do but you have all these knobs and controllers that are also touch sensitive so even before you're changing or having to push something to find out what you're doing it will tell you what you're about to do and it is accessible on both mac and windows i'm explaining it very succinctly but the a website is native-instruments.com and along with that I bought a Glyph 
Adam one terabyte solid state USB drive <laughs> to put all my plugins on because they take up a lot of space if you end up. They do. And I love this little zippy external lightweight solid state drive. It is so great. And the thing that has me contemplating my iMac is that, gee, I could probably give my iMac a new lease on life by putting an SSD in it instead of this <laughs> mechanical, very slow, <laughs> seemingly slow. We were so satisfied with them only like two or three years ago. Oh, yeah, they were the best. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's fascinating on um, all this stuff that I've gotten into. And I, uh, it's it's a whole lot of exploring and kind of my mind is boggled, but I'm having a lot of fun. Cool. And awesome. we can expect to hear some of the results of that on oh, I'm sure. our <laughs> show here on ACB Radio. So, Allison, how about you? Well, what I'd like to talk about today is actually a new game that just came out. It is for the PC, yes. and it is called A Hero's Call, and it is a fully-fledged, fully-accessible, voice-acted RPG for blind people developed by a company called Out of Sight Games. And these are folks who were sighted initially and lost vision. And so they grew up playing uh, sighted video games and they wanted to develop a game which would be accessible, which would also be as immersive and fun as those video games that sighted people mainly play, the RPGs particularly. Mm-hmm. And they've done it. And I have downloaded it and actually installed an update already. They're, they're pretty quick with updates. But I am actually going to be starting once we're finished here and once I have dinner, <laughs> I'm going to start the tutorial mode. And you may never hear from me again <laughs> once I start playing this game. It is only $20 and it is available from outofsightgames.com. And I believe that it's going to uh, provide multiple hours, if not days, of of playability because you can choose different classes. You can, I, I believe there's going to be a lot of replay value. There's quests and I just can't wait. Oh, wow. That is awesome. And, and I think we had a, you know, if you are a listener out there and you are playing a hero's call, get in touch with us because we'd love to have a bunch of you on and, and talk about this and maybe we can even get the developers on. That would be really, that would be really oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. That and if you're not sure if it's for you and if you're sort of, you know, if, if money is an issue and you're not sure you want to spend the money and you want to check it out first, Liam Irvin who of Elworks Games actually uh, got permission to stream A Hero's Call on YouTube. So that's going on on his YouTube channel. So just search for Liam Irvin um, and it's kind of ongoing, his stream of that. Oh, wow. oh that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So you can see how many hours he's been up playing this for the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's been available for what about twenty four hours now since I not even just just not, just under twenty four hours. Oh and actually, gosh. at one point, everybody crashed the server where everybody was so wow. <laughs> was so eager to buy and download it. I've always wanted to try RPG games, and this may nudge me over the edge because I think the more I hear about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. So <laughs> I will have to ask my nephew, the ultimate gamer in my life, to to evaluate this and you know i think he's uh, probably gonna be wow how can i work for them <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome 
Any other new and exciting tech? Nothing else that I can really think of that that jumps out at me since last we spoke. I really kind of spoiled myself a couple of months ago getting getting all my new my new phone <laughs> and my new Sonos and everything. But um, and you're still liking the iPhone 10, right? I am even even more so now. I'm finding, you know, at first I was really kind of beating myself up of, oh, is Face ID really faster than Touch ID? But now it it kind of doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. I'm able to get into the phone quickly and uh, and get done what I need to do, so I, I definitely have had no buyer's remorse. Well, we have become a multi A lady house <laughs> since we last spoke, so um, we may have to have our Robin Christofferson on again to talk uh, a lady and all of her skills and whatnot. Because we now have one in the kitchen, we have one in the basement, and we have one in one of our other rooms, and. So, and uh, we are having fun with the intercom feature. So, oh, cool. <laughs> <Can only> imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Now, I don't know if this is recent, but I went in the app recently and discovered I can link my iCloud, my Apple calendars. Yes, yes, you can. And um, this was how, in fact, my, <laughs> my A lady ended up telling me, you know, hey, Got a meeting. Hello. There is that. There is also being able to, and I did not realize this, but you can actually turn on and pair with Bluetooth and actually use it to as a speaker. If you happen to have one of the the original Echo units with the decent speakers, um, do not try this with your dot. It's pretty sad, no. actually. <laughs> so I'm waiting to. Uh, I'm switching out mine in my office here for the uh, the bigger Echo, so I can uh, have my music my Apple music playing through it. So there are only about a million things that can be done. My husband is loving it for radio stations. He's just really into all of the internet radio choices that he can get there. So Oh, that is cool. Yeah, there's so many, so many choices all over oh the world. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was how I got him to accept it. It was like, I, you mean I can listen to it? Yeah. Oh, whoa, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we suddenly magically had three more. So. Mm, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, make it their idea. That's always, you know, I'm trying to make like a new MacBook his idea too, but I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's funny. Uh, the basement here is the only place I don't have an Echo yet. And I'm trying to figure out, should I get an Echo or should I do Google Home? So I, 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 the speech, the TTS on the Google Home is intriguing to me, but that's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that, that's about as far as I've gotten so far. And I know they have a special that's going to expire by the time this airs, but there's a special where the, there's a significant uh, discount on both the Echo Home and the mm-hmm. Echo Home Mini. Yes. I mean the Google Home and the Google I'm Home. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't even talk. <gasps> oh, another thunderbolt. Oh. <laughs> and, and let's talk about, you know, one device setting off the other. I happen to have oh, my Lord. Echo sitting here by my computer. So I'm reading mail and I get that announcement from Amazon. You know, look at the new things a lady can do, you know. And of course, it sets it off every single time. <laughs> she sets herself off sometimes. Oh, yes. I have I have her built into my new Sonos speakers, and she'll say, "Check your A Lady app," and then she'll boop, she'll set herself. <laughs> off. No, wow. I'm like what? <laughs> I often wondered if that could happen. That's funny. Oh, it can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that that freaked Kent out the other day. Whenever you know, it just started talking. 
it just talks. Well, no, honey, you probably said, oh, yeah, it just talks. Never mind. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. I, I thought I was alone in the house, and all of a sudden I hear this voice, and I, like I did a double take and then realized it was a lady talking because <laughs> she thought I said something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the joke is, all right, how many things are we going to accidentally order? So I had to introduce him to the, no, I put a pin on both of our Yes. Okay. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So we don't get those surprise packages. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, sure. I'll order that again five times. No problem. <laughs> well, that's why you've got to hide any of those dash buttons as well. Yeah. Ooh, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I found that the Echo does, I was kind of just playing around and a little frustrated. And I said, hey, lady, find my phone. Oh, she yeah. said, well, I, I can't do that, but there are some skills that may be able to help. And she listed ooh. a bunch of skills. I said, wow, that's new. I haven't seen that behavior before. Yeah, really? That's pretty cool. And yeah. there is actually a way now that that um, especially if it is, if you have paired up your iOS account to do the calendars, it can actually find your phone now. That's right. Um, with your contacts and calendars synced up to Amazon, they you can just call your phone. We're eventually going to be so, you know, well, wait, what do I do? Uh, you'll be out in public somewhere and just start saying, hey, lady, blah, blah. Oh, yep. Wait. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And uh, I've created a monster in my spouse when he found out that the intercom feature works like I could be in New York. And if I have <laughs> my dot with me and I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, great. Thanks, hon. All right. Um, find me not to be plugging it in. Okay. Yeah, either that or you activate. <laughs> plug it in and it'll be fine. Either that or you say, Act, uh, enable, do not disturb. Yes. <laughs> There you go. That's great. great. Well, as always, this has been a very fun time. Thank you so much, Allison, for joining us again. Oh, thank you. I always have such a good time. Great. So where can we all find you? Well, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter. I am at Hot4Technology. It's the number four. And if you want to subscribe to the Tech Doctor podcast, you can do so by heading on over to dr-carter.com or searching for Tech Doctor in your favorite podcatching client. Sweet. And you are also on a couple other podcasts. I am. It's, it's, I'm actually starting to like lose track. Because I'm <laughs> <so> <laughs> um, I am also a regular co-host on That Blind Tech Show, which you can uh, get by subscribing to the Blind Abilities podcast. Um, I'm also going to be hosting a new podcast that's going to hopefully be starting next month in January. Um, called the iCast or the iAccessibility Network. Um, I'm starting a book podcast with my friend Mika. So I don't know when I'm going to find time to sleep, but I'm going to have an awful lot of fun. <laughs> I'll be like a, I'll be like a lady. I'll be everywhere. I was just going to say, soon, you know, it'll be, it won't be um, A-L-E-X-A. It'll be A-L-L-I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've already got that speech synthesizer named after you, right? That's right. <laughs> I don't. I don't like her at all. It's very sad. I really can't stand her. <laughs> oh my gosh, she does sound like she's got maybe a little bit of an attitude. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and Jason, we, we talked about it earlier. So, where can people hear your radio show? 
Oh, they can hear it on ACB Radio Interactive. That's acbradio.org slash interactive every Tuesday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, you are here with us on Main Menu, and people can find us at all of the places you can usually find us, which we will go into in the closing of the show. It's been fun, and as we record this the eve before new year's eve we hope everybody has a safe and happy 2018 and now it's time to get fired up for all the upcoming tech conferences so this is janine for main menu well i wasn't sure if i was going to get to do a demo on this show or not but i will at least mention it as a teaser for next time many of you may realize that jaws and nvda have had ocr options for some time now you can find an image and perform OCR on it to find out what it says, you know, extract the text from that image, things like that. I had often wondered if something similar was available for the Mac for those of us using voiceover. And there is. Uh, I found out from someone else quite by accident. I wasn't actually looking for it at the time, but certainly had wondered in the back of my mind. It is called VOCR, and it's a GitHub project, so it is in development and has somewhat frequent updates as far as I can tell. So stay tuned in a future show for coverage on VOCR. Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs on ACB Radio Mainstream every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can tune in on any internet-connected device by going to acbradio.org mainstream, grab it as a podcast, use ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. Do you have ideas for things we should cover, or have you recorded a demo of something you'd like us to air? feel free to reach out to us, mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also find us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.